Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge. Because as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. I've received quite a few questions this week regarding sleeping issues, particularly not being able to sleep or insomnia. So we're going to have a little chit chat about it today. Insomnia is a sleep disorder that makes it hard to drift off to sleep or to stay asleep once you are asleep at night. This common sleep problem can also cause you to wake up too early and not be able to head back to dreamland and it makes you feel as if the sleep you did manage to get wasn't refreshing or restorative for pregnant women there's a lot of reasons you might experience insomnia for the first instant you have a growing baby bump so you can't sleep how you usually like to sleep so you can't sleep on your belly you may have difficulty sleeping on your side or on your back Um, you may feel a smothering sensation if you lay flat on your back because the uterus is compressing big vessels that return blood to the heart You have an internal heater, right? The baby is growing inside of you. Well, that baby (laughs) lets off heat, making you wake up with hot flashes in the middle of the night. Morning sickness. So some people wake up really early with the sensation of vomit. You may have frequent trips to the bathroom, especially if you're in the third trimester. You are getting up pretty much every two hours. And sleep doesn't mean that you won't get up at night. Yep, you're still going up, going frequently through the middle of the night. Heartburn can happen because you have an increase of your progesterone that slows down your digestive tract and that can give you the sensation of heartburn because you have a lot of stomach acid being produced. Of course, constipation for the same reason. If you're constipated, it may be hard getting to sleep if you have stomach aches and cramps and and you can't um, get a good release. Breast tenderness um, can happen as well. Joint pain, leg cramps. Some people have vivid dreams because of hormonal changes. You have increased metabolism. Why? Because you're growing a tiny human and that takes a whole bunch of energy. You feel kicking, flipping, hiccups of the baby. And some people may be very anxious because of the pregnancy in general. So there are tons of reasons that pregnant women can experience problems with sleeping. Uh, And even if you're trying to get pregnant, you can have insomnia too. If you're anxious about um, uh, pregnancy itself, trying to get pregnant, or if you're on hormones, um, that can make you very anxious and have have trouble going to sleep. So here are some tips you can use to combat insomnia. So first, and this is if you're pregnant or not pregnant, this is called sleep hygiene, people. Everybody should practice good sleep hygiene. I myself had to make some of these adjustments because I find myself up at two or three in the morning and be just wide awake, wired with all these ideas and thoughts going through my brain. So here's what I did to allow myself to rest my mind so that I can go to sleep. 
one, have a set bedtime for you and the little ones, meaning the whole house is going to be dark after a certain time. For my kid, that's 8.30. Harrison goes down at 8.30. For me, I chose 11 o'clock. After 11 o'clock, I am usually trying to be in the bed and sleep. Drink a warm, non-caffeinated beverage before you go to bed. So that means no coffee, no tea, no stimulation. And you really should avoid chocolate, okay? Some chocolates actually have a lot of caffeine. So that can keep you wired if you're trying to, you know, do your warm beverage being like dark chocolate cocoa. That's not a good one. Just try warm milk, okay? Um, or you can do a tea that's not caffeinated, um, like chamomile tea. That will be helpful. Turn off the TV 30 minutes before your said bedtime. So if my bedtime's at 11, at 10.30, my TV is going off. Why? Because you're more likely to want to finish watching whatever episode you're watching, which doesn't allow you to go to sleep during your bedtime. And we know the stimulation from light, because I hear some people say, I can't sleep unless the TV's on. That's not true. You're just not practicing good sleep hygiene. Okay, because if the TV is on, you're not getting as deep of sleep as you need to get, right? Because you can still hear. With the TV on, you can't just like not hear unless you're putting like earplugs in your ear. You're still hearing the background noise, okay? You're still seeing the light. Um, and so you can't get a really good sleep. And most people that have the TV on will have more vivid dreams and even nightmares. Why? Because they can still hear and they're processing the noise in the background. So turn off the TV. Likewise, get rid of the noise, okay? So some people go to sleep with music. Don't go to sleep with music on unless it's like the sound of rain or the sound of, you know, crickets, the sound of nature. Those are things that are very soothing. But you shouldn't be going to sleep with the sounds of R&B, okay? That's going to make you have dreams. going to make you wake up in the middle of the night. Hey, it could make you have a real good time, especially if you're trying to have a baby. But in terms of trying to sleep... <laughs> <laughs> going to sleep with the sounds of R&B in the background or jazz uh, will probably make you and your mate stay up at night as opposed to going to sleep at night. And if you're trying to have a baby, hey, more power to you. But if you're having problems with insomnia, let's work on these habits first, and then you can do those other extra rendezvous. But even if you do that, you should still be like, okay, it's time to go to sleep. You know, get up, go to sleep. You know, clean up if you want to. If you if you sleep sloppy, that's fine too. But then you turn the TV off, turn the music off, and then you go to sleep. Okay? Um, take a warm bath or shower before going to bed. So if you're having trouble going to sleep, you get your warm glass of chamomile tea. You turn your TV off for 30 minutes. Get in the tub, soak. It relaxes your body. Okay? And then you go to sleep. Likewise, sexual intercourse can do the same thing. Okay? I'm here all about making babies. So I want you to have sex, go sleep. That also is something that can relax your body and your mind. Now, if you're going to roll over and go to sleep, hit the button to turn the R&B music off so you won't wake up in the middle of the night with it blasting though, okay? But that is something that can help relax you. Um, turn off all the lights, darken the room. I even have dark blinds and um, those curtains that block off light. Um, that is very helpful, especially if you are somebody that um, is is going to go to sleep earlier because you need to get up early. You know, you want to make sure that you don't have a, a lot of like starlight coming in your room that could make you uh, wake up too early. Okay.
Um, avoid any other stimulants before bedtime. If you take any medicines that can stimulate you, um, you may want to, especially if you're like not pregnant and you're on diet pills, we may need to come off of those or you take them in the morning as opposed to at night. Um, any other medicines, talk to your doctor about them. If you're on Lasix and you know you're going to be getting up to go back and forth to the bathroom, take your Lasix in the morning as opposed to night. So talk to your doctor about switching up when you take your medicines, especially if it's going to have you up and down, up and down, or if it's going to be a stimulant, like if it's like an antidepressant, um, you know, that could stimulate you. Talk to your doctor about moving that to the daytime. If it's something that you take twice a day, you can talk to your doctor about maybe taking it at dinner as opposed to at bedtime. So you want to take all your medicines at least two hours before you go down, if possible. That would be a really good thing to help with sleep hygiene. Now that you've gotten some tips about insomnia, and you know what it is, let's go through some cases. Our first case is a 23-year-old female who is 19 weeks pregnant. She has a history of stillbirth at 22 weeks with her last pregnancy, noted to be due to a placental abruption. She presents because she has trouble sleeping at night. She stays up most of the night crying and nervous about the pregnancy. What can she do to help with her insomnia this pregnancy? So it sounds like your insomnia is related to anxiety and anxiety alone. Um, and you have a good reason to have anxiety. You had a stillbirth, which is a loss of a pregnancy after the 20th week. Um, and so I can understand you being 19 weeks. Um, some people, as they approach that time that they've lost a pregnancy, they get really anxious because they're going to think they think it's going to happen again. But if you had a reason for the stillbirth, like a placental abruption, um, and you don't have any issues with this pregnancy, you can rest assured that that probably won't happen again. Placental abruption is something that is very rare. It's usually caused by trauma. Like if somebody falls on their belly, hits the belly, um, that anything that detaches the placenta prematurely is going to cause severe pain and bleeding. And that is an abruption. And if you're not having those symptoms like pain and bleeding, then we know right now you're not having a placental abruption, but that doesn't take away your anxiety. Okay. So I would say that you need to talk to your provider, tell them what you're going through and you do need counseling. Anybody that's had a loss before. I always refer to a therapist so that you can talk about that experience. Know that it's not your fault, but sometimes even knowing it's not your fault still doesn't take away the grief that you deal with because you've lost a pregnancy. And it's not going to take away the anxiety that you're going through as this pregnancy progresses. I do believe that once you get through that 22nd week, you will feel a lot better. You'll feel at ease. Um, but things that you can do right now. So one, talk to your provider um, about how you feel. The second thing is get a therapist. If you're, Even if your provider doesn't refer you to somebody, get your own therapist. Number three, do things that decrease your risk of a placental abruption. And I'm not saying that you did anything um, to increase your risk, but now that we know that you had an abruption, we want to prevent any abruption from happening this pregnancy. So if you are a smoker, we need not smoke. If you are on stimulants, we need to go off of the stimulants. If um, you do something at work, like lifting heavy things or boxes that could fall on your belly, we need to take precautions and we need to reduce the lifting to 10 pounds or less. Um, take steps to reduce that um, abruption um, so that it won't happen. But the likelihood of it happening again in this pregnancy, rest assured, is very, 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 very low. And then you can always do a sleep aid. Um, so I usually tell people to try either 
one, the, the sleep hygiene that we just talked about. And then the first thing I would try is either Unisom or Benadryl. Unisom is Benadryl. It's just in a tablet form. Um, so if you don't like swallowing pills, you can do Unisom. It's a chewable tablet. Costs like five bucks at Walgreens. So you can do that and that can help you go to sleep um, so that you won't constantly be anxious. That does not take away from the fact that you still need a therapist because it sounds like you have anxiety and rightfully so because of the loss of your last baby. For the case Pearl, that is anxiety and depression can present with insomnia. Counseling is recommended for anyone who has experienced a loss and know that it's not your fault. Second case. Our second case is a 27 year old who is 33 weeks pregnant with her third child. She has had issues sleeping for a few weeks now. She wakes up in the middle of the night with a burning chest pain. She usually drinks water and warm milk, which helps, but now her symptoms are getting worse. She now finds herself awake at night waiting for the symptoms to happen. Sometimes she tries to drink warm milk before going to bed, but she still wakes up with the burning sensation in the middle of her chest. What can she do to help with these symptoms? So this can be a couple of things. Anybody that has like a burning sensation in the middle of the chest that causes issues with sleeping, this is probably acid reflux um, or what we call um, GERD, okay, um, which is common in pregnancy. Like I said before, progesterone slows down the digestive tract. So literally food going from your your mouth through your esophagus to your stomach and then to your intestine it just moves at a much slower rate because of the progesterone and because of that your stomach is making a lot of acid to try to break down that food um, so it's very common for pregnant women to have acid reflux it could be that or this could be the patient having a panic attack the thing that makes me think that it is acid reflux is because she drinks warm milk and it goes away, right? So she's drinking something, it goes away. Um, it could also be that she has a peptic ulcer, which is the result of uncontrolled acid reflux. Um, and usually if you are, um, you know, if you if it gets better when you eat something, um, that is a sign of a certain type of ulcer. So it could be that um, it's probably more acid reflux if... You know, if she's drinking something and then she feels a lot better and goes back to sleep without an issue at all. Um, so what I would do, I would start with taking some type of acid reducer. So Tums is for immediate relief, but you're going to need something more than that if it's getting worse. So Pepsid is also over the counter. I usually tell people to take 20 milligrams twice a day. I know on the back of the bottle it says 20 milligrams once a day, um, but your doctor is going to tell you to take 40 milligrams. So start there. There's nothing. There's no harm there. I can give that medical advice. It's not detrimental. It's recommended. 20 milligrams twice a day um, for Pepsid. That works like wonders. Now, if you have severe acid reflux like I did, um, then you're going to need protonics as well. That is a proton pump inhibitor. Um, that is going to block your acid production pretty much altogether, and that's going to stop that sensation. Now, you got to take it every day, and it takes about 48 hours to be therapeutic, so you will have to take something else. And some people still have to take sort of immediate relief Tums when they eat, like right after they eat anything spicy. Um, so still have the Tums and the Pepsid on hand, but your proton pump inhibitors, um, 40 milligrams once a day, going to be what you need to block that. Now, if you are taking Pepsid and then 
protonics and it's been three to four days and you still find yourself waking up in the middle of the night, then perhaps this is not acid reflux. Perhaps you are having a panic attack and you need to talk to your provider and tell them, hey, I'm waking up in the middle of the night with a sharp stabbing pain in, in my chest and I can drink something and go to sleep. So it may be that you're having a panic attack, you're drinking water, you're calming yourself down and then you're going to sleep. I would need to know more information to decipher between the two, um, but start with what's common first, and that's the acid reflux treatment. And then if that doesn't work, then perhaps we have a bigger issue um, with having panic attacks. So for my case, Pearl, heartburn is a common reason for insomnia. A protein pump inhibitor, excuse me, a proton pump inhibitor should be taken and spicy foods should be avoided to help with this. All right, medical intern, are there any e-mode cases? Yes, we have one. It says, hi, Dr. Plenty. I experienced severe nausea for the first 18 weeks of my pregnancy. To help manage it, I was advised by my OB to take Unisom and B6. Now that I'm feeling much better, I no longer take the combo, but I find myself experiencing insomnia almost every night. Is Unisom habit forming? Also, is it harmful to continue taking it throughout my pregnancy? Okay, so nausea and vomiting treated with uh, Unisom and B6, very common. That's the same thing as Diclegis. Diclegis is just Benadryl and vitamin B6 put together and packaged in an expensive way that makes it 10 times as much. So I always tell my patients when they have um, nausea and vomiting, I hardly ever prescribe diclegis because it's so expensive. I usually tell them to pick up Unisom, which is the same thing as Benadryl and a chewable tablet, and vitamin B6, take them together before bedtime, and then they won't have sickness throughout the night and it will decrease their morning sickness. Absolutely first-line drugs uh, for nausea and vomiting. But Unisom is a sleep aid, right? So when you don't take it, then all of a sudden you're like back to your baseline, your body hasn't adjusted to not taking it yet. And so you can have problems sleeping because you were, you know, on this sleep aid for a long period of time. So that is probably why you're experiencing some insomnia. Is Unisom habit forming? The short answer is no. But some people that take Unisom for a long period of time can have bouts of insomnia because they are used to getting a lot of sleep. And now all of a sudden, there's nothing to sort of relax their brain. So if you're somebody that has a little anxiety at baseline that was on Unisom before and now you're not, then, yeah, you can have trouble sleeping. Usually after about a week, people go back to their normal sleep habits. So this is really a very temporary thing. But um, if you use Unisom for more than two weeks at a time, some people can experience some rebound insomnia. So instead of it helping you go to sleep, it all of a sudden can trigger you to stay awake. That's in a small group of people if you take it more than about two to three weeks. Is it harmful to the pregnancy to take throughout? No, it's not harmful. For some people, they take Unisom and B6 for nausea and vomiting throughout their whole pregnancy. For some people, they take a Benadryl every night because of itching, because of cholestasis and other issues with pregnancy. So it's not harmful to take throughout pregnancy, but just know that there are side effects to every medicine that you can take, okay? So Unisom is not without side effects. Benadryl is not without side effects, especially in older patients. And I say older because people that are of childbearing age aren't really that old, right? You're at least you know, in your 40s or less usually, rarely early 50s. People that are elderly that take Benadryl can have what's called some extra side effects. 
severe um, sleepwalking and they can have night sweats, night terrors, extra peripheral side effects, meaning like abnormal jerking of the arms. That is very common in the elderly people. We don't usually see that in people that are young, but we have seen that in pregnant people that are advanced maternal age. So just realize that you can get some of those extra pyramidal side effects. So what I usually tell people, although it's safe to take throughout pregnancy, if you start getting to the point where Unisime is not working for your sleep, then I tell people, hey, take it during the week and then take a take a break on the weekends. That way you won't have this like extra arousal or this rebound uh, insomnia from your unisom. Um, and you can take it throughout pregnancy. Just take a couple of days off and then um, and then restart it again. So hope that answers your question. Um, other sleep aids you can take besides Benadryl and Unisom. You know, people are like all about melatonin, right? I'm not really this natural herb person, okay? But melatonin is considered okay in pregnancy if you have to have something to sleep, okay? Ambien is also okay, but when you talk about if it's habit-forming or not, I usually don't put people on more than about two weeks of Ambien because it can be habit-forming, and then we try to tell people to wean themselves off of it. So Ambien should be used only as needed. So for people that have, like, really bad insomnia, you can take Ambien, but hopefully that is enough time to get you on a normal sleep habit, and so you don't need it for a prolonged period of time because it can be... Um, habit forming. It is safe to take in pregnancy. So if you're taking it, I'm not telling you to get off of it, but it can have um, some some habit forming effects, meaning people just can't sleep without it once they started for prolonged periods of time. So short stints is the key for these sleep aids. So I think that that is all of our questions. Perfect. Our medical intern is nodding yes. So thank you so much for listening to Pregnancy Pro's podcast. I hope that you've learned about insomnia today and that you enjoyed the episode. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at PregnancyPearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at Pregnancy underscore Pearls and Facebook at Pregnancy Pearls. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel at YouTube.com forward slash Pregnancy Pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening and have an amazing week. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.